We're here on Murder Avenue, examining the darkest parts of humankind. Before we get started, I must say, this is a true crime podcast. We will be discussing murder, and it's going to be grim. It's going to be detailed, and this may get comical at certain points. And that's only to make some of the worst parts of the things we talk about a little less horrible. But the jokes are never towards the victims. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Murder Avenue. Once again, welcome listeners to Murder Avenue. I'm your host, Patrick Michael, and today we're going to be finding ourselves in a little place in Ohio known as Pike County. And I realize that there's probably a lot of people out there that have heard a lot about this case, especially since the anniversary, the third anniversary of this crime was actually just recently, April 21st. So people have done, there's been a couple of different newspapers and whatnot that have done a story on this particular case due to the anniversary happening and that might have been how I found it who knows but we're going to look at it in our own way here on Murder Avenue as we always do now I've never heard of Pike County I have only ever heard of this case uh it sounds like a there's there's probably more than one Pike County in the United States for sure but this is in Ohio uh, what actually took place is bizarre and unbelievable. And when I was first looking into this case and heard about the story, the way that these people were killed, this family was killed, seemed very much like cartel murders, simply because of the execution style that the whole family was murdered in. It was very much execution style. And they were not all in the same location, there was other people that were a part of this family that were killed further away in their own house, but it all pretty much happened within the same two-day span. It actually took place on the night of April 22nd, 21st and 22nd of 2016. Eight people who were all a part of the Roden family were shot and killed in four different homes in Pike County, Ohio. And Pike County, Ohio actually sits near a village of Peebles, and that's from uh, from Columbus and 60 miles, excuse me, 90 miles from Columbus and 60 miles from Cincinnati. So pretty far out there, I would say. I mean, 60 miles is quite a bit, but 90 miles from Columbus, the two bigger cities in Ohio. Uh, the bodies of these people were actually found on April 22nd. Seven of the victims, six adults and a 16-year-old boy were discovered. Uh, they were discovered to be a 
have been shot execution style in three adjacent houses, while the eighth victim, who was an adult, was found shot to death in a camper in nearby Piketon. Uh, three young children, including two infants, were left alive during the killings, and at least two shooters were supposedly the ones that, uh, two shooters did this crime. Now, most of this family lived along the same property. So, picture a large, if you know the case with uh, Stephen Avery and how his family all lived basically on the same property, just multiple trailers in the same area, it's kind of the same situation we got here. Difference is, is this family was into some things that kind of pointed you towards the idea that maybe it was a cartel-related murder. But all the way in Ohio, very strange. But we're going to get into that right here. Let's do this, guys. Let's, let's, let's dive. Okay, so I wanted to get a better feel of what Pike County actually is, where it was, kind of uh, its development and all those things, population. Uh, the current population as far as 2010 was 28,709. So that's not bad. Quite a few people. Pike County was actually organized on February 1st, 1815 from portions of Scotio, Ross, and Adams counties and named in honor of Zebulon Pike. He was an explorer and soldier who had recently been killed in the, world, in the War of 1812. So there you go. A little history there on Pike. He was named after a soldier and explorer. explorer this place was. I don't know much about Pike County, as I said, just in general. It seems uh, decent enough, but as we know, there is such thing now as medical and medicinal marijuana available in Ohio. And that's kind of what encompasses this story. Because this family, known as the Rode, right, Rode, Roden, excuse me, Roden family, uh, consisting of Christopher Jr. and Sr., Clarence, uh, Dana, Gary, Hannah May, Hannah Hazel, Gilly, and Kenneth Roden were all part of this, uh, this clan here. Investigators actually believe the murders were premeditated due to the fact that most of these guys, most of this family, I don't want to say guys, this, most of this family was killed in their sleep. Uh, the father, Christopher Sr., happened to actually be one of the few that was awake, but he was shot nine different times. Uh, perpetrator, perpetrators were known to the Roden family because most of the, all of the places they went to, the four different places they had went, consisted of no breaking and entering there was no forced entry of any kind. On April 25th, the Ohio Attorney General's office confirmed that the presence of marijuana growth and cockfighting operations at some of the crime scenes, so they were doing, they were selling weed and they were doing cockfights, which is new information to me. I didn't hear about this in my initial, you know, research, but yeah, cockfighting, guys, that's, that seems intense, but in a way they were growing more weed than just for the family, if that makes sense. They were, and you can grow, but you're only, I guess, allowed to grow a certain amount in that area. Uh, the ensuing investigation soon became the largest in Ohio's history. In November of 2018, four members of the Wagner family, known to the rodents, were actually arrested in Ohio and Kentucky and charged with these murders. So they had already got some people arrested for this, 
and basically let's go back and look at this uh look at the whole thing because a lot a lot more goes into this whole story for instance hannah may i believe is the right one it's, it's one of the hannahs there she was dating one of the wagner family uh sons and they actually had a kid now the bodies were first discovered after bobby joe manley was a sister of victim dana Roden, actually came to feed the pets at the homes Police were first alerted after receiving a 911 call about two bodies inside a home on Union Hill Road at 7.51 in the morning. Now, before the police arrived, Manley discovered two more bodies in the second home on the property. Her brother, James Manley, went to check on their sisters, Dana, and discovered the third crime scene, where the police found three more victims when they arrived. So, that's a lot of people. Now, I believe that there is a phone call to the police that was recorded. Obviously, that usually happens, but it was released to the internet, and the sister says that it looks like somebody beat the shit out of them, but it turns out most of the victims died from gunshot wounds. Uh, before the police arrived, Manley, like I said, discovered all these bodies, and at 1.26 p.m., 911 call reported an eighth body. It was an adult male at a fourth residence in the nearby village of Piketon. So, it seems as if all of these people were killed simultaneously. Like a huge charge went off and it just it killed everyone. Now, obviously, a huge explosion, you know, is not what took place for for the simple fact that there's people that are far away. But it seems as if they all planned it and they all went out at the same night and killed them all at the same time. Uh, three young children, ages three, six months, and four days, were actually unharmed during the shootings. The four-day-old was being found in a bed with her mother's body. Ugh, oh, horrific, man. Uh, seven adults and a 16-year-old were among those slain. The four-day-old four, four and the six-month-old were placed under protect, protective services, and the three-year-old was put under the guardianship of his mother, who was not involved in the shootings. So basically, that there's children that were left alive. I mean, the 16-year-old, there's still... In a lot of ways, children that were murdered here. But it basically stems from, like, your first... I guess the first idea you have is, oh, well, maybe the marijuana growth or the cockfighting has something to do with this. Turns out it's more than that, and it's not even drug-related whatsoever. In my mind, I honestly think it only has to do with the custody of this child. The family wanted basically to have custody of this child and not have anything to do with the Roden family being that the Wagners are like yeah that's our grandson that's our nephew that's my son etc and we want to have him and not have to deal with you at all rather than trying to be a normal person and make the best of the situation for the child instead in their minds they're thinking well we'll get rid of these people and not have to deal with them at all when in turn you have to think about the effect it's going to have on the child. Hey, where's mommy? Oh, mommy's gone. Well, where'd mommy go? You know what I'm saying? And then also the fact that, hey, we could get caught, and then nobody gets the kid, and what? Why would you not even think about that? Because they're crazy hillbillies living in fucking Pike County, Ohio? Is that why? Probably. Because they don't have any semblance of like, hey, I'm a human. This is a human, and this human needs both its parents, rather than taking a chance on getting rid of the mom to simply hope that you stay out of jail when, in turn, you are going to go to jail almost always. It's, it's typically going to be what happens. 
You're not going to get away with murder these days, especially. Think about it. Ridiculous. So it's obvious that... But it's crazier to think that this whole family decides to kill another whole family. Because that's a lot of people you have to get in on this crime. Is that... Usually it's... Think about it. Serial killers work alone. Because they know that if they work with somebody else, that's going to that's gonna be the person that's their downfall. And what do you think the situation is here by involving six people? Oh, well, because you, you got blood on your hands, the blood on my hands isn't as effective. That makes sense? No, it doesn't. It's ridiculous. But it all stems from, like I said, this, this child, whereas they could have easily just stayed alive and both took care of this kid from different places. Come on. This is a selfish act, 100%, and usually murder is that way, but for an entire family to have this idea agreed upon, like, hey, we're going to go kill this chick and her whole family. All right, cool. Like, what the fuck? What kind of, I just I want to know that conversation. I would love to be a fly on the wall when, you know, the first the dad or whoever brought it up that they were going to go kill this whole family. It's absurd. All right, so in the early stages of this actual investigation, police, police obviously believe that one... More than one shooter was responsible for these killings because the scene of the crime was in multiple places. And they were in walking distance. The third location was about a mile away, and the fourth was only about eight miles away. So they were all pretty close together. That's why I'm saying, like, what did they do? They probably just called each other on a cell phone, like, two people here, two people there, two people there, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it really worked. But the fact that now, as it seems from the actual investigation, the Attorney General Mike DeWin said that this happened to be a clearly premeditated and sophisticated operation because of the efforts taken by the shooter or shooters to cover up their tracks. Which, that is, I mean, uh, that right there should tell you that they can't be that dumb. They can't be stupid people. I mean, even though they did commit murder, but whoever did do this, I mean, these people were arrested. So, uh, all the victims were members of the Roden family. Uh, surviving family members were urged by police to take precautions, and all residents of Peebles were advised to stay inside their homes the following night. So, just terror amongst that entire community. A task force being put together, a very smart idea to help uh, solve this when eight people get murdered. Uh, more than 251 law enforcement officials were involved in the investigation overall. The FBI and the Drug Enforcement Administration provided technical expertise to DeWin's office. So at least five search warrants were executed. More than 50 people were interviewed in connection with the killings. 79 pieces of evidence were examined, including a Facebook threat aimed at Christopher Roden Jr., which was posted before the shootings. So think about that, guys. You could you could get in trouble for your shit posting online, so be very careful. Be careful what you say. If something happens, well, guess what? You're on the docket to be investigated, my friend, because you said something that might have might put you at the scene, which is not what you want, for sure. Now, of course, as I said, they found cannabis and cockfighting. Uh, There's an indoor grow house. They're actually breeding chickens for cockfighting. Estimated 200 cannabis plants were recovered at the crime scene, which is a lot. It's more than necessary for a simple grow operation for your own personal use. On April 26, Dana Rhodes' father, Roden's father, excuse me, uh, Leonard Manley stated that the victims knew their killer, citing that the presence of Dana's two protective dogs, she had two pit bulls in the house, and they didn't do nothing. So obviously there was a connection between the people that came into this house and killed these people and just people that they happened to know. 
Which, that would make sense. The dogs would grow comfortable with the boyfriend or the ex-boyfriend or what have you coming to pick up the daughter. Correct? Makes sense to me. Uh, Manley, who was not involved in the shootings, also said his daughter had no involvement in the exposed cannabis operation. Saying that they are trying to drag my daughter through the mud and he doesn't appreciate it. A lot of the property was actually seized. But by August 4th of 2016, during a court hearing relating to the custody of the six-month-old and the four-day-old, uh, Sheriff Charles Reeder confirmed investigators' early suspicions that more than one shooter was involved in the killings. Now, these kids, especially the three-year-old, has to live with the carnage that was inside that household forever. That's something he's not going to forget. That's going to ruin him. I mean, the six-month-old and the four-day-old have a shot, but... Uh, he also said that the two children remained in grave danger because of the investigation, and the investigation was possibly the largest in BCI's history in terms of manpower and resources. So they were really going out of their way to try and figure out what the fuck was going on in this. How did this actually happen? Uh, is this bigger? I mean, of course, in the very beginning, you're you're thinking some sort of cartel thing, because when that many people are killed, what else could you think? Another entire family killed them. I, I mean, right? On January 20, 2017, Dwin, on behalf of the Ohio Victims of Crime Compensation Program, denied a request by family member David Weissel to recover lost compensation related to the massacre. So that's, I don't know, that's dark in a lot of ways. On May 12, 2017, a SWAT team from the Franklin County Sheriff's Office raided a Pike County home approximately 10 miles from the site of the murders. So was this because of the murders, or did they just raid the home simply because... Uh, Things were not right. I don't know. Was this a bad place? Was it already bad? I don't know. Uh, police originally stated that they were searching for suspects in the murders. However, it was later clarified that they were looking for evidence in the case and not suspects. So they weren't going into this place looking for anything more than evidence, not the suspects. The police also searched an Adams County property, once owned and recently sold by Edward Wagner, an ex-boyfriend of victim Hannah Roden. And he was the father of the three-year-old daughter, but not the father of her four-year-old daughter, who was unharmed during the killings. On June 20, 2017, Ohio police announced that they were seeking additional information on Jake Wagner, as well as his parents Billy and Angela, and brother George. The family was living in Alaska, so they take off. The Wagner family says, well, we better get out of here. What, what a better place to go than Alaska. Uh, suspicious. The police wanted to learn of interactions that the members of the family might have had, specifically conversations pertaining to vehicles, firearms, and ammunition. So as of November 13, 2018, Ohio Attorney General Mike DeWin announced that Bill Wagner, Angela Wagner, George Wagner V, and Edward Wa Jake Wagner had been arrested and charged with planning and carrying out the murders. So as I said, the family was charged with this purely because of what I can only imagine is custody of the daughter. But how annoying is it when you have a guy... I hope that Edward Wagner's middle name is Jacob. Because when you decide to have a nickname or somebody gives you a nickname and it's just like another name, what are you doing? You should have just named him that. It's ridiculous. So on uh, November 13, 2018, the suspects accused of murdering eight family members in Ohio were taken into police custody. 47-year-old George Billy Wagner III was arrested in Lexington, Kentucky. The suspects are all members of the Wagner family from South Webster. 
So they're from uh, relatively close to where all this happened. And oddly enough, the oldest member, I believe, of the family is arrested in Kentucky. So he took off. He was not around. I mean, outside of just being taking off to Alaska, he's found in Kentucky. Come on, man. You're just making yourself look more suspicious. Okay, so like I said, George Billy Wagner III is 47. He was arrested in Fayette County, Kentucky. Angela Wagner, who is George's wife, was arrested in her home in, I don't know, some county. I can't even attempt that. Uh, George Wagner, who was 27, was his son, was arrested during a traffic stop in Ross County. Edward Jake Wagner, who was his son, uh, uh, 26, who was the father of the child, was arrested along with his brother during the traffic stop. And Rita Newcomb, who was 65, of South Webster, mother of Angela Wagner and Frederica Wagner, 76, of Lucasville, mother of Billy Wagner, are accused of perjury and obstructing justice for allegedly misleading investigators. That's crazy. So these elderly women definitely helping, not helping, I guess you'd say, rather, not helping the investigation, and they get in trouble. Uh, Newcomb also is charged with forging custody documents to cover up the crimes. And that's something that I believe, uh, if I remember from the other research that I had looked into, that is something else that they have... This is not the first time that this family has tried to do this custody thing. Not sp just specifically uh, forging the documents, but they've never tried to kill before up until now. Up until this specific grandchild, cousin, niece, whatever, what have you, daughter as well. And they, they think that get, killing these people is, is a better idea to get custody rather than just trying to live as amicably as possible insanity absolute insanity but not so insane that they couldn't premeditate this they couldn't plan it out the whole thing is like why the you know what did the, what was this conversation like how did they go about convincing the family like yeah this is what we're going to do we're going to go kill him that's right we didn't do it to the other chick or whatever the fuck i don't know it's just a weird situation as a whole 100% so they got arrested, they're in jail, they're currently serving jails and a jail sentence, and that's fucking great. Thank God. I mean, what, what would the rest of that town, or that, you know, Pike County be thinking if this was not solved? And they already were told to lock their doors, stay inside, be weary. Now that they got the people that did it, and then you see these people, you're like, they're regular looking people for the most part. How did this conversation go to convince mom, dad, brother, sister, uncle, all these fucking people in your whole family, convince them we're going to go kill a whole other family? Craziness. Absolute craziness. Alright guys, that's going to do it for today's episode of Murder Avenue. Thank you so much for tuning in and making this show what it is. You guys are actually paying attention. You're participating, you're listening, and that's what matters the most. Having the audience, having the consistent listeners is what really makes the show keep going, keep getting better, and keep striving for that greatness we all pursue. Now, of course, we don't do that, but nonetheless, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you guys can find me on Twitter. Find the show on Twitter for all the updates and start a conversation, whatever you would like to do. It is Twitter. Uh, we are at 187MurderAv. That's A-V-E, like Avenue. You can also find me on Instagram at Patrick Michael Comedy and at Trash Panda ENT, as well as the YouTube channel Trash Panda for YouTube versions of this show. Well, thanks for listening, guys. As always, I'm Patrick Michael, and this has been Murder Avenue.
And that was Pike County, man. What a weird, weird place. Horrible, horrible tragic ending. Over custody, man. The things people do, right? The things people do. Well, until next time, guys.